0: welcome to it's a good day podcast we are three friends who love to laugh and believe that through jesus even the tough seasons are good
1: you never know what will happen on our show but we hope you will join us as we find the good in every day Hello and welcome to today's episode of It's a Good Day podcast. I'm Delight and Wendy and August are here with me as usual. Hello. Hey guys. <laughs> and today we have the honor of interviewing Lizzie Zare. Hi Lizzie. Hi. Thanks so much for being here today. We're excited to have you here. It's so fun. I know, I'm excited too. Um, will you just start out and tell us a little bit about
2: who you are? Okay. My name is Lizzie Zare, and I am married to my husband, Matt Zare, who is you guys' cousin. Also, today is his birthday. Sorry, I just have to add that because I love him. <laughs> um, and we have a daughter, Hazel, and another baby on the way in five months, which are dragging, but it's okay. Um, and I am a photographer and a mom, which takes up like all my time, and then other things too. <laughs> and that's... All I can think of. So what are you passionate about? What brings you joy? Um, I don't know. Probably being with people that I really love brings me a lot of joy. Um, I'm super, like, personable. So, like, some people have to... You guys have talked to this so many times. Some people have to, like, go away to get recharged, and I feel like I don't have to do that. Like, my recharging is, like, being with people, and then... Yeah. And so I love being with people, and I love... um. I really love, like, the, I don't know how to say it, but, like, creative processing is, like, really fun for me. Like, figuring out some some idea and then taking the idea through its various stages until it gets to be, like, out in the universe is, like, really fun
1: for me. That's cool. Yeah. Are you the kind of person who can, like, do the whole process? You know, like, some people are more, like, starters. Some people are finishers. Like... Do you feel like you actually can take the idea, like, from conception to, like, you know, where it's being put out? Or which part of the process is your favorite?
2: Um, I think I'm kind of a dreamer. <laughs> um, I'm kind of a dreamer, so I think I have a lot of creative ideas. And it's harder for me to, like, I don't... Every single idea I, don't, I have, I don't always take from conception to complete, like, it's here in the world. Yeah. Um, but I have a lot of ideas, and then depending on which ones, like, stick... Those are the ones that end up, yeah,
1: okay, coming out or whatever. That makes sense. (laughs)
2: Yeah. But no, I don't think I leave a ton of things like half done. I think it's more just like, can I handle that right now? Probably not. And I think I have a pretty logical way of like looking at that because I think it would really kill me to have like a ton
1: of unfinished projects happening. Right. Can you tell us a little more about like, what does that look like then? How do you figure out this is something I should do or this is something I shouldn't do?
2: Um, I think it depends on like what is happening in my life currently so there's been like for instance recently I've had to put quite a few things that I would really love to be doing um, such as I have a vlog that I like to do on YouTube um, and I have a few other like photo projects that I really wanted to do that are like for me and they're not necessarily like paid by anybody it's just something I want to do for me and for my business and to like have mm-hmm. and um things like that have been put on the back burner because my daughter broke her femur and so she's kind of out of commission so things like that are like I just have to gauge like okay is this a good time is it not and then like I definitely have a like SD card full of logs that have not been published so maybe I do these things like half done I don't know maybe mm-hmm. but I think it depends like circumstantially too
1: yeah well I think that it sounds like you have a lot of wisdom to know, you know, the right time and when, when things are, when things need to be put on hold, which is, yeah, obviously a good thing. Um, Can you tell me, yeah, tell me a little more about some of those creative things that you've done. I'd love to hear
0: about that.
2: Um, Yeah, I've like, there have been random things that I've done that have been like, someone else's idea and they've been like paid or it's been a collaboration or something like that. And that's really fun. Um, For instance, this past Mother's Day, we did, a friend and I coordinated like a big collaborated Mother's Day photo shoot type thing. And we had like a florist and somebody did hand lettering and I shot the photos and we had a bunch of models come in and like everybody put their piece in and we all got these like beautiful photos for our marketing. And then all the models took home photos of them and their babies, or we had a couple that were just pregnant, and so them, and their like, for Mother's Day, specifically, um, and so that was, I really love doing things like that, where it's not, like, just for one person, mm-hmm. and it actually is, like, a blessing to everybody, because I think it's hard, especially if it's something for, like, me, or for my business, and I'm, like, using people, it feels a little bit less fun, unless it's, like, good for them, too, mm-hmm. so that was something that was really fun for me. That's awesome. Yeah.
1: Will you tell me, you were saying about recharging, like, with people. And I'm not as much that way. So will you tell me, is there ever a time where you like, yeah, is there ever a time that you need alone time or need time away? And what does that look like for you? Or is it really like, no, just people, people all the time, which is cool.
2: (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. I don't think that like, I was thinking about, as I said, I was like, wait, do I really want to be with people like 24 seven? Like, do I really? Um, I think that it depends on the sort of interaction that I have with people because even though I'm a very sociable person, I don't think that like surfacey, like how's the weather gets, makes me happy, like, you know, makes me fulfilled in that way at all. So like, if it's just interaction like that, I don't think that's necessarily something that would like fill my cup up or anything like that. So I don't think it's just like, oh, I could just be with people all the time. Like if it's that versus being alone, I'd probably choose to just be alone and like have some... Usually being alone is just me trying to get something done. It's not like actually just sitting and like recharging. It's like, I really need to edit or I really need to do this. And so like, therefore I kind of have to be alone because I have to be able to focus and I hate, I don't know. I'm one of those people that hates to feel like, I don't like to be on my phone when I'm with anybody. I don't like to be looking away from someone when I'm talking to them, like anything like that. And so, um even like doing things like that with someone else, I would feel really rude. So that's usually the majority of the time I spend alone is like doing something that I can't or won't do with other people.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense.
2: Also, I just have to say, I get out of breath so fast because I'm pregnant. I don't know why. Do
0: you still? No, not, not really right now, which is weird, but maybe it's because the baby's dropping. Okay. But like if I bend over, okay. oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh, I can't breathe.
2: Oh my word. No, I just feel like I am out of breath all the time and I'm constantly having to tell people like, I'm so sorry. It's because of
0: my unborn child. Like it's not, this is not normal. I'm not 80. I'm only 22. Like it's okay. <sighs> anyway. <yeah. clears throat> wow. So 22,
2: how long have you been married? <laughs> I've been married for four years, almost five coming
0: up this month. Um. Yeah, well, that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> we have another um, married at seven, 17 right? Yep. Yeah. Yes, I know. Room. I'm in
2: good company. <laughs>
0: yes,
2: I'm like hashtag blessed. Cause if I'm around, about to feel like I'm married at like thirty. I'm like, oh,
0: okay. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. So how did that come about, and what what do you think about it? Like, was it? Yeah. Like, tell us a little bit about about getting married was at 17. Awful? No. <laughs>
2: um, yes, it was really interesting. I did not expect to get married that young at all. Like I'm not one of those people who is just like, I am setting out, my one goal is to like find a guy and just get married and that's like what I want, whatever. I had a ton of other things I thought that I would probably do with my life before getting married. And um the way it ended up, I I don't know. I guess I kind of like... I mean, you were there for the entire thing. I kind of fell in love with Matt when I was like 16. But it was like low-key, like nobody knew. You knew. I think you were the only one. I don't think I told any of my friends because most of them were like his cousins or sisters. And I was like, if you know, this is like too much. Which you're also his cousin, but... Um, And so then I just didn't really tell anybody. But then turned out he... Yeah. I don't know. Help me tell it. I don't know.
0: He realized, oh, she's pretty cute and Cause she's kind of fun to be around.
2: I feel like I need like backup. Like I wasn't like super flirtatious or anything, right? Like it was very, to me in my head, it was very like in my heart. Like I felt like I was very um, inconspicuous about it. I tried to be. <laughs> you were not inconspicuous <laughs> about it, but that's just because you knew me and I was I loved inconspicuous me. <laughs> with people who didn't know about it. That's true. Yes, you were. But with him, you were like, go bring him a sandwich. You should go do this. Go do that. He'd love it. I was like, "I was I don't playing know the field on it. both sides.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Is but. that the right way to say that? I was. <laughs> no idea. <I> <laughs> playing matchmaker. There you go. There we go. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. Um, but what was it? Didn't
2: he like, wasn't the reason you did that because you had asked him at one point, like, so what about this girl? So what about that girl? Probably. And then you like asked him about me and he was like, I don't know. Like, cause usually he was like, no. No, right no
0: exactly I remember
2: you saying that so yes. I feel like you just I kind almost of had remember where I
0: was when I had that conversation with him yeah okay
2: anyway I remember you kind of saying that and I was like oh I just rolled my eyes and was like whatever like yeah but he could probably be interested in like 10 different girls and you just didn't ask him about the other nine um and so I didn't think much of it and then I was like so young at that point I was like 16 still so like we're not you know whatever It felt like, oh, it's going to be years and years until anything happens anyway. So, like, we could be interested and that's great, but, like, whatever. Mm -hmm. And then it turned out that he got more interested at some point, all unbeknownst to me. Sorry, camera. Is it okay? Um, And ended up talking to my dad and all of that. And then I was, like, the last one to find out about all of that. And it was, like, a little bit before I turned 17 that I ended up finding out And yeah, and then it all was kind of history from there because we were both just like, I don't know how, how did I, I don't know how I like fell in love really quickly, but it felt like I did. And it was just like, oh, like if he's in love with me too, then like what's the point of waiting five years to get married? Like there, it didn't seem like there was any real big point to that because we could do just as much together as we could do apart and we could just do it together and have more fun and yeah, and just be together a lot more often without a chaperone. It would be wonderful. And so, I think that was kind of our logic was like anything I wanted to do, if I wanted to go to school, if I wanted to pursue a different career, if we wanted to move states, we could just do it together. Um, and so, yeah, it didn't feel like a, it didn't feel like my life was closing off. It felt like it was expanding when we mm-hmm. were able to get married younger. And that was something I really, really appreciated about getting married young. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's awesome. Yeah,
1: I think that's cool because a lot of people do. Look at it the opposite, like or they wait or feel like I need to do this list of things before right. I get married, or that. And I think that's it's cool to have a different perspective of actually, it felt like it opened up the possibilities, which that's so fun.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like it definitely when you get married young, you're definitely choosing something over something else, because if you did want to have a super high power career marriage would at some point probably have to take some sort of a back burner to that. But at that point, that wasn't something that I was even interested in at all. And so it was like, I don't need this super high-powered career in some big, huge city. And as long as I don't need that, then everything else I could want to do is more open to me being married rather than not being married, so...
0: Right, and I think that there's, like, something
2: unique and special to, like, you grow up a lot from 17 to, like, 30, Mm -hmm. and to be able to, like, almost grow up with your husband, like, that's just something, I think there's Mm -hmm. something unique and really special about that, I've found, so. Mm -hmm. For sure, yeah, and we definitely have both, like, had to mature, like, that's one thing that I think people say, too, is, like, oh, they're just, like, kids, though, like, you're just little kids, and it's, like, well, yeah, but I don't necessarily think God made people to be kids until they're 26 and living in their parents' basement. Um, and maybe it's good to kind of get kicked out of the nest a little bit earlier and have to grow up and be more mature quicker. And yeah, anyway. And we probably have had a couple more, like, arguments and stuff like that than people that get married, like, later and are have already established them. I don't know. Maybe not. I didn't get married later. I so think I every
1: I think every way has its own challenges, mm-hmm. in my opinion. You know, like... I think if you get married, when you're maybe in your thirties, you can have the challenge of being both being kind of established and set in your ways, and then you get married and too independent. You have to adjust, you know. So I think that to me, I think that the important thing is that we let every situation, no matter how we get to where we're going, like lead us back to God and Mm -hmm. to the Lord and what He's wanting to to teach us and what we're supposed to learn in that, you know? And right. so whether yeah. you get married at 17 or 45, I think that that's, that's the goal, or at least it should be, you know?
0: <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, I got married at what, 24? And then my husband was like four years older than that. And I feel like it doesn't make, yeah, doesn't, there was, there's still a lot of things that we have to work through and a lot of, um, conflict and that kind of thing. So... It's just a man being married to a woman that makes it hard. <laughs> mm-hmm. For a while. Mm-hmm. And then you
2: figure it out. I was gonna say, and like being able to see even coming up on five years being married and being able to see the difference between like us year one and us like year, you know, this is year four, it's not like year five yet, but year four is a lot nicer because I feel like just the little hurdles that like got us so stuck in year one or year two are like oh, we could fight about that, but like, nah. Like, and right. we just both are more, yeah, we're just more like, oh, that's not worth it. We've done that a few times and
1: there. Yeah. yeah, and that's it's grace. Nice. So let's transition a little bit and tell us about your relationship with the Lord. What has that <laughs> looked like for you?
2: <laughs> um, well, my relationship with the Lord was sort of started before I was ever born in a way. Because my parents are both um, believers in Jesus, and I'm sure they prayed over me while I was in the womb and all of that. And so I had people like me and whatever was interacting with Jesus from the moment I was like, you know, conceived probably. And so I feel like when I was born, um, yeah, they just like kind of taught me what they believed, and like not perfectly by any means, and I don't think anyone can. Um, but it was just ingrained into like everything into my schooling and into my daily life. And even like the songs I would sing as a little kid were, you know, Jesus loves me and whatever. And not like typical like nursery songs too. So I think that my relationship with the Lord, it goes like all the way back to the very beginning. Um, but I think that at some point for sure, it has to become real for you or it will like fade away if it wasn't actually yours. And if you haven't actually owned it by the time you become an adult... And I think that for me, that point came when I was like 14 or 15, I started going to a new ballet school um, because I'd been in like dancing since I was like four or five or something. And it had always been like secular dance schools where, you know, everything that was taught was just the technique of the dance and all of that. And the songs were, you know, for us, at least for our family, a little bit like borderline songs that we wouldn't necessarily want to dance to, but we would anyway, because that's what the teacher recommended and all this stuff. And so then my mom, when I was like 14, ended up transitioning me and my sister to a different dance school that was um, run by a Christian and founded on Christian principles. And they incorporated it into everything, the music they chose, and they did a devotional at every um, class, at the end of every class. And um, that really helped me. Here's the out of breath. <laughs> um, that really helped. It, I don't know, somehow that different like facet of Christianity, because I've been in like Sunday school and I'd gone to like clubs where it was like about being a Christian or that was a big part of it or something like that but the different facet of it and being a little bit older and being at that ballet school and just seeing people that I looked up to kind of living out their faith and like also passing it to other people and like showing real life examples and not just being like oh like do this be that it was more like no like this is how this is how you reach out to people this is how you reach out to the lost and this is how you love the broken and all of that. And just seeing them really do that and be the hands and feet of God in that way was kind of a um, game changer for me, I think. And so it got me more interested in like, okay, so this is something I've believed. And like, of course I have known what it meant. Hasn't like, I've known what it meant this whole time. But like to know what it means in my heart and to feel passion in myself about it and not just to kind of like bounce off other people's passion about it was really different. And so I think that's where I first like felt really that it was my faith and that I had a relationship with God. Um, And that's where I really began to like just, yeah, just kind of have time in the secret place and actually commune with God and rather than just be a part of random things that were happening that were for him. And so, yeah, I think that's where it kind of became my own
1: faith. That makes sense. When you say commune with God, can you talk a little bit more about that? Like, what did that look like then? What does, how is that translated into now? What does it look like for you now as well?
2: I think that then, um, yeah, it was just more like, actually realizing that god has he knows me not just like the idea of me or like oh i'm down there somewhere and you know if whatever it's not about like him looking down and being like there's billions of people and i could use any of them it's like no he actually knows like me and my fingerprint and the hairs on my head and he actually cares about my um thoughts and my desires and the way that he made me and just thinking about that rather than feeling like i'm just one in a million or in a billion or whatever Um, I think that really helped. And so just getting to know God on like a one-to-one basis um, and just spending time with him and reading his word and realizing that although the Bible was written for everybody, like there were specific things in it that he would like would highlight to me, for me. And that like, even though so-and-so wrote it, (laughs) Um, and it was written for everybody, like God could, he actually had put those things in there for me even though it was for other people too. Like it was mm-hmm. like, he was thinking of me when he wrote, or, you know, inspired that as well. And that was just really big for me to realize that like, oh my word, like, yes, he made a ton of people and yes, anyone can be his hands and feet, but like he has a specific purpose for me. um, Yeah. And then like just communing with him is, would just be more like actually doing devotions, not for the sake of like checking it off of a list, but for the sake of like I wanted to spend time with my father kind of thing. Like I need, in a way, like, you know, I've said I'm really sociable and that became one of those things that I was like, I really want that. It wasn't like, oh, I have to do that before I can go do things I want to do. It was like, no, I really need that time with my father. And it was socializing with, you know, God and with my father. And so it was very fulfilling and is too. Yeah.
1: That's really cool. Um, We love to talk about that as far as like how how does that look for different people, that specific time with God, you know, like, and even I'm, I have been learning that it doesn't have to look even the same way I've thought it should for 30 years. Mm -hmm. And because I had something I personally always kind of struggle with, and I'm trying to figure out how to make that a daily thing that I, that I do. Um, can you tell us like right now in your day to day, what, what does that time with the Lord look like for you?
2: Um, right now, I think it's a little bit, it's been a little bit harder. And I think that I've talked to quite a few of my friends or whatever. And that seems to be kind of a common thread that when you end up having kids and all of that, you do have to readjust like everything and kind of just adjust your timeline of your day and all of that. Because otherwise the things that um, you don't actually purposely and intentionally put into the day will get lost in the shuffle. And then, um, yeah. So for me, I think that, it's not necessarily something I like sit down at a certain time and spend time with God, right. but it's more just like um just talking to Him at different points in the day, and there are some days where I don't really ha I don't really spend that time, which I don't think is a good thing, and I hate that, um but I think that sometimes it's just a matter of like <laughs> like, God, I need you to come with me today because I am like all of the map, and mm-hmm. whatever, and just I think that the important part of that is just taking time to like refocus on like I know he's here and it doesn't have like he wants my heart he doesn't want just me to be sitting and you know like meditating necessarily on like his script like whatever that's amazing he loves that but like what he wants is my heart and if my heart is on him even while I'm doing other things then I think Mm -hmm. that can be just as like purposeful and meaningful in your relationship with God as sitting for an hour and just praying or just reading the Bible or whatever and so I feel like during this season it definitely looks a lot more like that than it did when I was 14 or 15 or 16 or whatever. Um, and it looks more like, yeah, just talking to him when I have time or when I think of it. Or if I have someone that I see or um, talk to that needs prayer, then I pray for them. Like, and it's just the like interacting with him throughout everything.
1: Mm-hmm. Do you have any examples of, of where you feel like you've felt God along with you in your day?
2: Um, I'm trying to think. I think so, yeah. Like I have definitely felt God with me. Um my husband works, Matt works overnight. And so pretty much he works like 6 nights a week. And so 6 nights a week from like whenever he goes to work. I don't really know. It depends. It, it it like changes. Um until he comes home, I'm up by myself with the baby at home. And so I feel like I've had some like Fear because of that, just because I've had to think through like, and and just to trust that like nobody's gonna break into my house, you know? Like I just I don't have to worry about that. I'm not going to worry about that, and I feel like that's one place specifically, like very recently, that I felt God is when I'm like kind of freaking out or whatever at night and just being like, oh my gosh, Matt's gone and I'm here by myself and like anything could happen and whatever, and just you know kind of listening to worship music and just being like God. Like there's a verse in Psalms that says, um, I can lie down and sleep in peace because you alone keep me safe. Mm-hmm. And like just being, coming back to that and being like, guess what? Like even if I had 10 bodyguards, like it says that in the Bible over and over. Even if you have all these things, if it's not God's plan, someone can still get to you if they need, if, they, if that's his plan. And like, if it's not his plan, then it doesn't matter how little you have, you could be out in an open field and nobody's going to touch you. Like that's, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I just have to, focus on that and realize that like whatever God's actual plan is, I need to trust it no matter whether I like it or not. And I don't think anything's going to happen to me. And I have this like rest that he's over it, even if it does or if it doesn't.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's really easy to be like, oh yeah, I have a husband and he's going to protect me. And like if someone comes in the middle of the night, he's going to kill them he's going to but or, or, or whatever, he's gonna he's gonna save, save me from them. Island? But really, like God is the one that protects us, and mm-hmm. yeah. But I I think that too, like. <laughs> <laughs> not that we even have any guns in our house because we don't oh no oh, no dear. now someone's gonna come try to <laughs> no she yeah, does she has guns we have They're guns, guns. <laughs> we have guns in every corner
2: we all got two but we trust our... the lord
1: even though we have guns
0: <laughs> 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 anyway but yeah it's good to trust him and know that he is really our protector and the one that provides for us Even though I think that he did place husbands there to be a example of that. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. Oh, for sure. Okay, let's
1: transition a little bit. We love to talk about God in the good times and in the bad times. So do you have any time you can tell us about where God met you maybe in a harder season Yeah. And just how he got you through it or what, maybe you're still in it you know, what you're learning through that.
2: Yes. Oh, for sure. (laughs) There've been plenty. No, I'm just kidding. Um, no, one I can think of specifically, there's not, um, there haven't been a ton of different super bad things that have happened to me. Um, but one thing that I think of specifically is I, when I was growing up, I really had a very like golden childhood, kind of, like, my parents were together, they were happily married, and, like, I think that I had a really nice and fun and, like, well-structured childhood that wasn't, like, I don't know. I hear of some people that have parents that are, like, trying to push them to be something that they want them, that they didn't do when they were a kid or something weird like that. I never had any of that, so I feel like I was really, like, spoiled in a way because of that, and then when I turned... Blessed, blessed, there you go. Yeah, very blessed, Um, but, yeah, when I turned, like... 15 or 16, I think it was 16, um, and Auggie will remember, I feel bad, I'm referencing Augie a lot, but she was there, <laughs> um, but anyway, I had, like, a really, it was, like, really random, but I had a really, really, um, sudden onset, like, issue with, like, really debilitating anxiety, and I didn't know where it came from, because a lot of times, like, I, I studied it a lot when it happened because I was like, okay, how do I make this go away? Because it was like, um, I don't know. I just felt like it was all, it's not like the anxiety. Some people say like, oh, I'm anxious when I go into a crowded store or something like that. Um, It wasn't like situational. It was like, literally, I just felt anxious from like the minute I woke up to the minute I went to bed. Randomly, never had it before. Didn't know why I was anxious. um, Couldn't understand it. And in my opinion, I think that it was... Definitely spiritual and I don't I feel like a lot of people maybe wouldn't agree with that but for me it felt very spiritual because it felt like the only um, like respite I got from it was like different times when I was in God's presence or when somebody prayed for me. It felt like the only time I got a, a break from being anxious and so I looked a lot into it to try to figure out why I had the anxiety and I don't... I can't remember exactly how long it was. I want to say it was like six or seven months. Do you remember? No?
0: I don't remember exactly.
2: It wasn't quite a year, yeah. But it was like six or seven months from like the minute it started. And I think that that was probably the hardest thing ever because anxiety is so different than other things that you can have happen to you because you can't see it. You can't pinpoint it. There's not... I mean, maybe someone that's a lot smarter than me could have. But for me, it didn't feel like there was an obvious reason why I was anxious. And so it was just like... um, yeah, I just felt like super, like I had tons of just thoughts that I, it felt like I couldn't really control what thoughts I was thinking almost was how it felt. And I ended up trying, like doing my best and working really, really hard to like keep my thoughts captive and whatever. And I had to get really good at it because I wasn't good at it because I never struggled with that ever. And so I ended up having to get really good at that. And that, I want to say that helped, but maybe it didn't like take it away at all. It just kind of helped me to be, not to feel quite as like overwhelmed and like upset by it. It was just like, okay, this is still happening. And like, I just have to like, remember that this is not something that I am doing. It's something that I'm going through and God is with me and like, it's okay. And so I feel like that's been the biggest thing that I had happened to me. And then um, a few different things happened at the end of that period. And I think specifically, I remember one point where I was with my sister-in-law and she was praying for me for the millionth time because she is one of my best friends. And so she was, she prayed for me a ton of times. Augie prayed for me a ton of times. Like I remember just being like, can you please pray for me? Like I'm having a really hard time with all my friends and they would. And so she was praying with me for the, you know, umpteenth time. And, um, and she just said, like, I think that the Lord wants to tell you that he is just going to break this off of you. Like, I think it's I think you need to be done and it's going to be over. And I feel like I remember after that point um, when she prayed that and just, yeah, I remember it getting a lot better after that. But it wasn't that people hadn't said things like that before. So I don't think it was just like, oh, nobody had thought to say that. It was like, no, it was a specific, like God gave her a word of knowledge that it was like going to be done then. Um, And that's why I believe it was spiritual. I never tried any medication for it. Um, My parents had talked to me about that a little bit and I was just like, I just felt no peace with that. I was like, that is not what it is. Like, this is spiritual. It is not... um, Like I said, if it was like situational or something like that, I feel like those are things that maybe God wants you to learn to deal with. Like, I definitely had been like I'd have anxiety when I was younger with like social stuff, but I feel like everyone has that. And it wasn't like crippling or like thoughts I couldn't control. It wasn't that, it was just like, Oh my gosh, this person doesn't like me. And it's like, okay, they probably do just stop like chill out. (laughs) Um, yeah. Anyway. So it wasn't that, I just want to clarify that. Um, but yeah. So anyway, after that point, I think it was like six or seven months later after that point, it, I don't know if it went away. Um, 100% but it was like 90 plus percent gone and then ended up just kind of fading away after that and I was just so thankful um for that and I had really clung to the Lord through the whole thing because I knew somehow I don't know how I knew because I never dealt with it but I just had a sense that like this is not this is not my body it's not an imbalance like this is not that like I need to just be with God and that's how it's gonna go away is that I'm closer to God and I have to stick with God and that's I just knew that that was the only way it was gonna actually like resolve itself Mm -hmm. and so that I'm just so thankful because I feel like some people I've heard that some people can have that for like years or like over their whole lifetime and that I'm just really thankful I have not really dealt with that um, in any great capacity I've had like one or two days here and there where I'm like "Ooh," and then I freak out and but then it's like okay God I need your help and then it goes away But yeah, that was probably the the hardest thing just because it feels like a lot of things in life, it's up to you to like control them and like, or it's yeah, like different, different struggles you can have are like something that you really need to press in for. And it's something that the further you press in, the more victory you'll get. And it felt like with that, at least for while it was happening, it didn't feel like I got more victory. It just felt like it was kind of a flat line of like, this is how much you're going to feel this anxiety the whole time. And I just had to like ride it out because it. It didn't really go away and then until that one point, and then it, like, went away. But, yeah, that was really hard.
0: <laughs> um, was there, like, a s- specific, like, verse or song or something that helped you through that season? Or
2: maybe something that someone said? Um, I think that just, I think people just encouraging me, because with things like that, like, people encouraging me to, to stay close to God and that it wasn't God- doing it to me basically because I think that if you have anything that's like that where it's like something that you can't control and it's sudden and it's yeah like I can't imagine like having cancer or something like that because like how how could God let this happen um so people that was something really encouraging to me was just people being like God has you through this like I know it doesn't feel like he does and it doesn't feel like anything's changing but you have to believe he does and like, this is why. And like showing me verses that backed up that, Mm -hmm. I can't remember them, but those verses helped because it was like, oh, you're right. Like, and my spirit, even though my head could be like, well, that doesn't make sense because I'm still dealing with this. My spirit could resonate with it and be like, that's true. I know that's true because you're, the Holy Spirit's inside of me. And I knew that like, I could just tell it was true even if it was like, this is not how I feel. Um, Yeah, so that was really encouraging. And then there were a few songs, um, I'm trying to remember. I think that it was kind of interesting because like usually I liked like worship songs and like slow worship, like just whatever before that. And then it turned out during that time, I really just needed things that were like a hundred percent uplifting. Like there couldn't be any like whatever. Cause like in some worship songs, they definitely reference like hard things. And like for me, that was just really, really hard to hear. Like I just didn't need anyone to talk about anything hard because it was like I have plenty of that in my own head right now. You know what I mean? And I just need things that are, like, upbeat. And so I think um, one of the biggest things, which is kind of funny, because every time I say that this band, They're me of Your Dad, because he has one of their songs he, like, loves so much. Um, but Ren Collective was, like, one of my favorite, um, <laughs> my favoritest bands at that point. And I just listened to, like, some of their albums, like, over and over and over again, because they're so upbeat and, like, so positive. And it was just, like, okay, I can, like, mm-hmm. this doesn't make me, like, more anxious. Like, this is good. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway. That's helpful.
0: Why'd you laugh? No, I'm just i just thinking about your dad and it's so cute. Like when not cute. When yes, <laughs> It is cute. Wendy's dad. Yes, and that and that one song that he leads worship at church. And it's uh, I love it. It's like his song. Yeah, it is. The it like makes me think song? of it. Yeah, yeah. every
2: Absolutely. time he does it, it's like he can like nail it every yeah. time because his his like. Type of music fits so well yeah. with that type of music, and it just yeah. is like works really well.
0: Yes. So I was just like picturing him, and then it's just funny because he's so fun and he, yes. yes, he's very jolly. Yes, he is. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Okay. Um, what are some ways that you purpose to live intentionally, or or yeah, just like what do you do? You live intentionally about certain things, and if so, what does that look like to you?
2: Ugh, that is such a. Hard, not hard. That's such a like pinpointing question right now because I feel like in a lot of ways, um, it's been coming to me that I have not been living as intentionally with different things. And and so like recently, I've just been thinking about that. Like, okay, in this area, this area, this area, I really want to. And I'll go into that. But I feel like lately I've just been, um, I don't know how to say that. There's like a long answer and a short answer. So I'm pregnant right now. And when, with my last pregnancy, I was very, very like fit. I was going to the gym like six days a week when I got pregnant or whatever and eating really healthy and just, it was a big part of my lifestyle at that point. And so then my pregnancy was very... I want to say easy and kind of uneventful. And I just kind of stayed tiny and small the whole time and felt adorable the whole time. And so then this time I kind of expected that to happen. And I ate like corn dogs for the entire first trimester. (laughs) And I'm like, just now I'm 16 weeks pregnant right now. And I'm like, just getting to the point where I'm like, oh, you have to work at that. <laughs> and I just didn't really, like, I didn't think about it. Because in my mind, I was like, I'm just tiny when I'm pregnant. Like, I'm just one of those people, like, ugh, whatever. And so I just, yeah. Anyway, I'm not saying I'm, like, enormous. I just feel like I'm already a lot bigger than I was at this point with my last pregnancy. And so I've been reminding myself that I need to live intentionally with that. And that's one thing I'm going to do. But that wasn't your question. Anyway, how do I live with intention? <laughs> I'm sorry that's how I lo- how I don't live with intention
0: <laughs> but it's, now how you, it's, it's how you would like to yeah
2: yeah I mean, yeah that's that's one thing I've been thinking about and like trying to just be more like on top of like okay no like you can't just go with every single thing your flesh or whatever mm-hmm. once all the time like it just doesn't work that way yeah
0: and but like you have in in t- like you were saying like in times past you have lived with intention in that area oh yeah so like yeah yeah
2: Yeah, and I think that up until, like with this pregnancy specifically, up until my daughter broke her femur, which was three weeks ago, I think, I was... Um, working out every single day because I because I'd gotten to that point it was it wasn't the whole first trimester that I ate corn dogs it was like up until like week nine or something, and I was just feeling so sick and corn dogs loved me and I loved them back, and and so I like after that I was like okay these don't make me feel good in my like body, and so then I started working out and then my daughter broke her femur and I feel like I just kind of gave myself like a like an out kind of, yeah, and like she wasn't sleeping well and she was sleeping in our room or in my bed. And so it did for a little while, it did like kind of have to be that way because if I woke up, she would get up and then life was just harder when she got up because it was really hard then. Um, and so
0: anyway, yeah, at least you're getting an arm workout with her every day.
2: It's true. That is true. (laughs) But anyway, so now just this week I've been working out in the mornings as well. So one day because I didn't this morning (laughs) Yeah. Oops. Did we mention did. how
0: old Hazel is?
2: No, I was gonna.
0: I was gonna ask that, even though I know. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Hazel is 20 months old right now. Yeah, so she's gonna be two in just a
1: little bit. So she's little. So to having a broken leg, it's not. It's not like she can even yeah. completely communicate with you, even and mm-hmm. things like that. So right, like yeah. she has
0: to be carried around places and she can't walk. Right. Although she's scooching on the floor now, right?
2: She is, yeah. And, like, the thing that was hard, I think, was just that she had just gotten to the point where she really was walking quite a bit um, right before she broke it. And so it was like I was getting more and more and more and more freedom. And then it was like, uh, because then it went like all went away and it was like a newborn baby again because you have to pick them up and take them everywhere. And so, but, yes, now she is. We're on week This will be week, what is it, week four, if you've already done three? Yeah, this will be week four of her having the cast on. And she's scooching around and standing up a little bit, which is probably not good because they told her not to do that. But I'm like, if she's not in pain, like, I don't know what to
1: do. Like, just make her sit down. Anyway. Yeah, that's hard in itself. Right.
2: Yeah. So anyway, I've, I've been trying to encourage her to just like scooch and not to stand on the leg. Cause I guess that isn't good for it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, she's, I guess she's in a lot less pain, which is wonderful for me because it is really hard to watch your kids be in pain. But the other thing that I've been trying to do with intentionality is just like, like having my time split up into more like, um, what do you call that? Like like when i'm with hazel i want to be with hazel and not just be spreading my editing or my um business communications cuz that all happens like from my phone and so just trying to kind of um compartmentalize that into like when she's napping is the majority of what i do like that's what i'll do then and like different other times or like after she goes to bed at night cuz she goes down at like 7 or 7:30 um so that's the other way i've been trying to be intentional since i realized that like I don't know. It just, it wasn't like I was just doing all the time, but like it was just infiltrating into little other times and I didn't
0: love that. And so, yeah. Yeah. I think that's really important, especially, I also have been just thinking about that more like with my phone, like it's easy to just carry it around with you. And I prefer to just leave it sitting. And some days it's like, Oh my word, I've had my phone with me all day long like that. And I can just feel it and it's just like ugh and I bet and I don't like that he sees that like I don't want him to see that I'm just like always answering every single phone call and responding to every single text that comes through right away like or yeah I would much rather just be more intentional about making sure that I'm spending time with him uninterrupted without distractions that aren't as important as him Mm-hmm. yeah
2: and I don't know I was gonna say something but never mind
1: <laughs>
2: I don't know I was just thinking like I i have been thinking lately about like I have a couple of friends and you guys know them but I have a couple of friends who are like very hyper intentional and like to the point where I'm like I don't even know how you how your brain has any room for anything ever because how do you do that um because I'm just not as much like that but it really inspires me to see people who just kind of take their life like by the reins and aren't just like oh that's my life because of this or because of that and they don't like put it on to something else it's like no that's the way it is because I chose that like right. and that is really inspiring for me because i think it's really easy to just be like oh my daughter broke her femur so like my life went to crap and it's like well that's not really <laughs> like did it like are you you know are you in front of the bus and getting run over or are you like driving the bus like which one are you going to be mm-hmm. and so i've been thinking of ways to to be more, um, well intentional is like an overused word now, but like be more intentional and like purposeful in what I do. And also just to decide like what my priorities are, because I, this season has been so full of like photography and like work. I, I say work and that's what I mean when I say work, cause that's what I do. And just so full of work and like trying, even for my personality, I don't know why, but for some reason my head, like when I'm running my business, I'm always trying to promote my business. Like I'm not just like, oh, I'm gonna let it like sit there and just do what I have to do. Like I'm very like business minded. And I'm like, how can I market better? How can I do this better? How can I do that? I need to post here. I need to do that. I need to connect with this person and like make business networking connection, like whatever. Mm-hmm. And so I'm always like kind of fast tracking it. And I feel like I've just been kind of sitting back a little bit and being like, is that really what I want to remember the time as when I had my little kids, like my, daughter and, like, soon to be my next baby, um, and so I've just been thinking about that and trying to decide, like, and just to make an informed decision and then go with it, you know what I mean, to just be, like, is this how I want to like back and, like, have it, or do I need to scale my business back a little bit, you know what I mean, and just decide further, like, what my niche really is and, like, only do that because I've been very, like, photography, like I said, is something that it does make me really passionate and is really fun for me, but I feel like over the years that I've been doing it, it's been, four and a half years or something that I've been doing it, um, unofficially in some capacities and then officially in some. And, um, I think that it's just become more like work than it was my, not my hobby, but like my passion or whatever. And I just don't, I don't love looking at that. I don't love looking at how much time I spend with it compared to how much time I spend intentionally with my husband or my child, like things like that. And so I've just been trying to like decide, and I don't, I don't have a decision, so I can't be like, and this is what I came to, <laughs> but I've been just try, like trying to look at, look at it and just be like, so yeah, you want to be driving the bus. So like what, if that makes sense, so that makes sense.
1: Yeah. What, what is like your practical process? Like <laughs> if you're saying, okay. Okay. I want to find a good, essentially you're talking about like a work life balance mm-hmm. kind of, right? right? Like what, what does that practically look like? How do you get from where you are to what is the best thing to do?
2: Yeah. Well, that's the, pro- <laughs> that's the question. <laughs>
0: <Right>. <laughs>
2: um, Tune and- in next time for Lizzie's <laughs> decision
0: on what she thinks.
2: <laughs> there you go. Yes. No, I think that it's just a matter. Well, I am louder when I get talking about things. Darn it all. Whatever. No, it's good. People can just get used to it. Um, but I think that, like, for me, it's just a matter of, like, because, like I said, like, when I'm, it's just interesting seeing myself through my, like, from an outside perspective. If I looked at myself, I feel like when I'm running my business and I'm focused on my business, I'm like, how can I promote my business? How can I make it bigger and better and more profitable and more effective? And, like, whatever. Like, I just think of it like that because I, and probably my mother's daughter and she's the same way. And so like, yeah. And so it's just deciding like, should I just niche down? Because I think that doing that, I think that like deciding, okay, I'm only going to do birds or I'm only going to do weddings or just these two things or whatever. Because right now I do pretty much everything and that's okay. And I've loved that in a lot of ways because it does boost your business when you're willing to do everything. Like, yeah, a lot more people will come to you and a lot more people, you're everybody's market. although I have to asterisk, like niching down actually does sometimes give you a bigger market because of whatever. Anyway, but just deciding that, I don't know. I'm not sure. Cause I think that the idea of like cutting off a certain type of sessions or a certain type of client is hard for me because I think number one, I'm a people person. And number two, I enjoy it. Like, it's not that I don't enjoy it. It's just more like you said, like, which do I want to prioritize? You know what I mean? Like, I do enjoy that. I love shooting with people. I love editing their photos. And I love seeing, you know, their reaction when they get them back. And, like, Mm -hmm. all of that brings me so much joy. But at what price am I doing that for them and not being with my child or with my husband? And so, yeah, I'm just trying to make a decision. I don't have an answer. But I am trying to be good about that.
1: What role does God play into that for you? Like, do you feel like he... Do you feel like he, I know he cares about everything, but like, do you feel like he's like, Lizzie, what do you want to do? Or do you feel like you are looking for like a direct word from him of what you are supposed to do?
2: Um, I think that I hear a lot from God or what, like, sometimes his direction comes through like my husband's wisdom. And that's kind of hard to solve sometimes for me, at least some, some people it's not, but for me, it's like, don't tell me how to run my business. Um, but yeah, I think that just us being in unity about something really speaks that it's God, God's will to me. Um, and me stepping back a little bit has been for sure, like something we've been in unity about. And so it's just now, like, I think we've kind of both come to that agreement that like, this is what's going to happen. I think that he would like me to spend more time with him and Hazel. And I've expressed that I would like that. And so now it's just figuring out like logistically and practically, how does that work? Mm -hmm. So, but yeah, I think that sometimes God's voice comes, like, I mean, I've heard him through something I see or, you know, random things, but a lot of times in marriage and with big things like this, where it's like, it's going to change my lifestyle. Like, kind of drastically, potentially, um, having my husband, like, really on board is something that's like, oh, yeah, that's probably God. You know what I mean? Like, if I feel something, and then he's like, yeah, that's what I feel, too. Because if he doesn't, then it feels like, oh, well, wouldn't God give us unity about that? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. For sure. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay. I have one last question. (laughs) We always ask our guests, what's good about today? Today? Um, What's good about
2: today is that it is my husband's birthday. (laughs) I really love him. And so it's fun for me that it's his birthday and that I just get to like celebrate him even though, like we said, he doesn't want to be celebrated. Um, Maybe that was before we started recording. Anyway, but that is good. And also he is going to be speaking tonight at a like church gathering type thing. And that's something that he's really passionate about and something that kind of lights him on fire and something that I think that God's given him um, like wisdom and a uh, gift for it and so I think that just for him to be able to kind of step into that is really fun and fulfilling for me to see because I know all the time he's put in on the back end of it to just re- in his relationship with God and just so to see God like put him in a more um, forward like position is wonderful. That is really cool. Okay, well, thank you so much for sharing, Lizzie. Um, I loved everything that you had to say, and it was fun to have you here. Yay! Thank you for having me, guys. This was really fun. And as an It's a Good Day podcast groupie, this is like a dream come true. I just have to say that. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, this is awesome. Thank you, and
0: have a good day. Have a good day.